Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on black and white and red all over. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 56. And for the first time in a couple of years, we're coming to you at a time when Max Allegri is officially yelling at players at preseason training again. So with that being said, and with <laughs> high pitch Allegri voice being captured by Juventus cameras, let me bring in a full crew here. We're back to full full capacity, we should say. Sam Lopresi. Hello, Sam. Hey, hey, hey! We've got Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Yeah, I uh, can't top that one. So, uh, hello. <laughs> um, although, if I had a, uh, what was it, a blazer that I could rip off and scream like, well, yeah, God, so as he was doing that one day, fated day against Scarpi, I think it was. Empoli. Oh, Empoli. Okay, yeah, yeah. Then I would. But it's also a podcast, so you wouldn't be able to see me. Anyway, hello. <laughs> Last but not least, welcome back, Sergio. Hello, Sergio. Hey, Phil. Happy to be here. Happy to be back. Happy to, to have the fellas back in training. Um, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty over the international competition, so looking forward to finally having some, some club football back, for sure. What are you talking about, Sergio? you got the Gold Cup to look forward to. I was going to say the exact same thing. You're not like I, I eagerly awaiting the inevitable USA Mexico matchup in the Gold Cup. I, I refuse to acknowledge the Gold Cup. Like that to me is just <laughs> not happening right now. I will not watch any games. I'm probably the final. If they make the final, I'll watch that. I'll concede the final. Other than that, I have no interest in watching. You know, Mexico 
El Salvador or whatever. Like I have no interest in watching that. On that note, we uh, we shall begin with the one of the elephants in the room. I should say is that Allegri is back, and like I said, yelling at the likes of Paulo Dybala and Weston McKinney. And as you've probably noticed on the Juventus social media accounts posting pictures from training the last couple of days, there's also a Daniele Rugani sighting. There's also a Matteo De Ciglio sighting. There are a few other guys that you thought were gone, but still still around, like Sergio's Marco Piazza. He's still there. So I guess we'll go to Sergio since we didn't have him on last week's episode. You're your thoughts on seeing Max Allegri back in Juventus training here again? It's exciting. It's exciting. It's, it's, a, it's a weird feeling because it feels both new and just like going back to the, to the same old thing. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely exciting. It's just weird to see all those dudes that I, I mean, that yeah, technically still on the team. You know, you're Daniel Rugani, you're Matteo Stiglio, like, like you were mentioning. You're Marco Piaccia. He could still technically make it. We don't know. We just don't. No, we don't have enough information right now. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how how this team kind of shapes up, especially because a lot of the guys are still, you know, out in, in vacations after their, you know, international competition. So this is just going to be a fun little, you know, new era of Juventus where you get both the, the comfort of knowing what you're getting with Max Allegri, but at the same time, it does feel like a, a bit of a new era, a bit of, you know, he's going to get to coach a lot of guys that he didn't have the last time he was on the team. Uh, yeah, so it's really going to be going to be exciting. I doubt many of those dudes will actually stick with the team, which to me, it's always kind of interesting to see. Like, I, I don't know how plugged in or how locked in they are. If they're just going through the motions. They're actually trying to, you know, get a spot on the team or they're just kind of there because they have to I don't know it has to be kind of a weird vibe but you know it's it's just fun it's just good to see them back again it's just good to see Max Allegri back on the on the on the pitch for Juventus it feels it feels right it feels correct and I you know I'm really looking forward to it can't wait you, you talked about like the, the the security of or the familiarity of, of having Allegri back but I actually don't kind of exactly feel that way because given Allegri, there's really no knowing what he's actually planning on doing with this team right now. I like, we don't know what the strategy is going to be. And part of that, yes, is because we don't necessarily know what the final roster is going to be. And part of that is because Max has a tendency to just do something completely out of left field. And then the next day he'll do something completely out of right field. He's a very difficult man to predict. And that is simultaneously his greatest strength and his greatest weakness, because, you know, sometimes he comes out with stuff like the, like that four, two, three, one in, in 2017, that just ran over everybody until Cardiff. Other times he's tinkering for the sake of tinkering and, and the results aren't as great. There, there was a lot made of the fact that, Andrea Pirlo used 38 different starting lineups this past year in, in Serie A. Allegri did the exact same thing his last year. So we really, I, I, we really don't know what's coming. We have, we have some ideas about what he's used in the past, which is something we didn't have with Andrea Pirlo last year. 
but this is not a case of somebody like, you know, say Maurizio Sari or, or Simone Inzaghi, where you've got a really set, you know that it's going to be this set of tactics, this formation, and you and your you know and the team will be secu- will will be settling into that tactic and that formation. We don't know what the heck Max is going to do, and that's simultaneously a little exciting and also a little frustrating. And we're probably not going to have much of an idea until players start do do start coming back from vacation, and you know whatever transfers that we that do come in start coming in. Meanwhile, we we watch the the scrubs and the the younger guys Danny's article that that dropped today on Monday about Nicola Fagioli was I think really really spot on in that regard cuz you know without all of the main midfielders except Weston McKinney he is going to have a real chance to 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 get a look and we've seen you know there is quote there is on the record comments from Max Allegri being really impressed with him when he was with the Primavera so we'll see what happens there. But until everybody gets back from vacation, we don't know what the heck's going to happen. And until certain transfer issues are, are solved, we also don't know what the heck's going to happen. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting first couple of weeks until those guys get back. Yeah, you know, the funny thing about these uh, trainings and seeing all the, I guess, I hate to say it, but seeing all the rejects kind of come back <laughs> to you. <UV. laughs> is that you almost kind of forgot. I mean, you forgot about them, really. Um, I forgot about them. I forgot about, sorry, Marco Piazza, and sorry, Mattia Ducilio. How dare you? <laughs> and sorry, Daniele Rugani as well. Forgot about all y'all brothers. That's a played against us twice last year. <laughs> How'd you forget that? <laughs> well, for the 180 minutes, I did not. And then that was it. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of forgot about them. But then, you know, they were loan loan deals, and it's it's kind of like you forget that a loan deal, loan contract is just a temporary arrangement, and then unless otherwise changed, they come back. <laughs> you know, and it's like you forget about that. I was like, oh yeah, actually a loan, like people come back. It's kind of the same thing with like Gareth Bill, you know, like he's at Spurs, and I kind of just assume like, oh yeah, he's at Spurs again now. Now, and then I checked, I was like, oh wait, his loan expired, and he's just going back. <laughs> He is back at Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just, it, it's, that was just kind of a funny little, funny little quirk there. But yeah, seeing all the, uh, yeah, seeing all the forgotten men and also kind of off topic, but seeing in the Facebook comments, <laughs> people are so savage, man. <laughs> on the Facebook comments to those uh, training pictures being like, uh, who is this guy again? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> it's terrible. But, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously glad to see players back. And I think, I'm guessing it's going to be sometime next week that really the majority of the squad is going to be back. I mean, I guess the good thing is that most players that played in the Euros got knocked out pretty early. Yeah, and around the 16, most players really. I mean, De Ligt, Kulusevski, you see Ronaldo as well. And then, yeah, obviously the Italian players and Morata, they, you know, they went pretty deep. So they'll, you know, they'll be coming back a little later. But yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the big players will be coming back soon. Oh, but then, of course, Danilo and Alexandra, they'll be coming back pretty late with Copa America. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. And, I mean, Sam, to your point about Allegri, I think, yeah, like you said, that's his biggest strength and biggest weakness, just that kind of un- unpredictability. But in general, I think Allegri has always been a, you know, a 
uh, from what is what struck me anyway is that he seems to be a player's first coach so you know figuring out what best fits the available players and the available resources rather than forcing a system upon a group of players and i always appreciated that of him just a very he's always just struck me as a very reasonable man just like you know yeah pragmatic but just yeah just a reasonable guy so uh yeah let's uh let's see what happens but again you know like you said there's not really much we can say now with uh with all the young ones and all the semi-rejects only uh, <laughs> in training i shouldn't say that that's harsh but yeah you know what i mean well part of the reason why it's such an interesting time is because of allegri starting when he is and you've got so many surefire starters not there for a couple weeks at least so obviously the, the biggest name of them all is the player they're still waiting for an answer from in terms of his future at the club and that's cristiano ronaldo and of course you know the day before we get a couple of days before we are recording this episode he sends out a little instagram post which i'm sure chucks being the non-instagram man that he is was very happy to not see that all you millennials sta- standing in social media standing in front of his many you're younger uh, than me <laughs> uh, younger uh, physically but not mentally <laughs> <laughs> and we get ronaldo standing in front of one of his many supercars and you know you have the decision decision day caption on it so obviously that sent the italian press into a frenzy and speculating and a whole lot of Juventus fans into a frenzy and speculating. So Sam mentioned just the fact that so much of Juventus's lineup and where Allegri might go is uncertain right now because so many players aren't there, but it, I don't know, for me, it kind of feels like it's determined by one player. And that's a player that according to what the Italian press was saying today on the day we're recording has still not really given Juventus an idea of what he's going to do. So Chucks, a man who is known, who's well-versed in social media ways, (laughs) just how, how big of a domino does Juventus need one way or another to fall before you think they can really kind of start planning for this season in terms of Ronaldo and everything that comes with it? Yeah. I mean, of course, Ronaldo is, you know, the man who, uh, sorry, pardon me. That's Uh all smoke alarm. alarm. It's funny that my microphone caught that actually. Um, it's <laughs> relatively far away. Don't worry. We're all, we're all alive. <laughs> I guess you can edit, edit all that out. <laughs> nope, it, it's staying in here, buddy. It's staying uh, in there. Uh, we're all humans. <laughs> But yeah, of course, Ronaldo is the, the the main domino that like, I mean, everything hinges on just because of, as we've said, you know, multiple times, just the, the financial implications of him, of his salary and just, yeah, how much he costs the club. I don't know. I personally imagine he's going to stay. I mean, I don't, I think, you know, posts like that, social media posts like that, I think, I think we forget that, you know, athletes do have a sense of humor. Um, and I think that, you know, I, they can play jokes or they can just, I don't know, mess about on social, especially on something like social media, which I believe a lot of them don't take very seriously for, for better or for worse. So I don't know. I, you know, stuff like that just strikes me as kind of like just a joke kind of, and, you know, he knows what he's doing. He, he knows that people are going to go all wild, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't take stuff like that too seriously. I, I imagine if he was going to leave, I think we would have, I, I'm like, just from my experience of following football for, I don't know, 
many, many years. I think with the way these things go, I, I think we would have known by now, or we would have just really heard stronger signals in the media from it. Right now, it's mostly just been silence. I mean, I, I haven't really read anything substantial about Ronaldo, except weird social media posts. So yeah, I mean, I, I imagine he'll stay. And then I yeah, imagine we won't do too many big transfer moves, honestly, because we probably don't have the money for it, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, not not much of a substantial answer to that one. Because again, we don't, you know, we don't have too much to go off. But yeah, I'm expecting him back. Was it July 25th? I think he said. I'm uh, expecting him uh, back at training. Yeah, as, I'm as gonna... the guy who wrote about Ronaldo and the whole transfer rumor mill surrounding him about to go absolutely bonkers upon Portugal's elimination of the Euros. I too am very surprised that it's been relatively quiet. I mean, there's always going to be something there because of who he is, but it hasn't been, I think what a lot of us expected to be, where it's kind of just like the daily bombardment of stuff about, you know, will he stay? Will he go? It's really just been like, okay, PSG's a little interested, maybe, you know, somebody else. I mean, I think right before we signed on for this, there's a random rumor about Qatar might, you know, you know, trying to come in and sign, you know, offer him a, a ton of money or whatever. So who, uh, who knows, but yeah, it's been surprisingly not as crazy as I originally thought it would be in terms of the rumors surrounding his future. And I think that's because there's only one plausible destination for him at this point. Real Madrid have categorically shut the door on him coming back. Manchester United are essentially out of the running after the Jadson Sancho deal. PSG is the only plausible destination he could go to. And even then, there are dominoes that would have to fall. Really, you know, the only way I see it happening is if Real Madrid puts up a, you know, a, a, you know, an ever given sized load of money at PSG's doorstep and brings Kylian Mbappe to play for Real Madrid. At that point, PSG would have to respond. And, and Ronaldo is, is the logical move there. But that's the only scenario that I can see right now in a post COVID soccer economy, unless like you said, Danny, you know, the Qataris decide to like try to build, do some brand building of their own. But I, I don't see that as Ronaldo's next move. I think that he's too, and, and this is a, another, I was, I was going to say before you said your piece, Danny, I, I disagree with you, Chucks, in that for a man like Cristiano Ronaldo and given the, the magnitude of his brand, he takes social media very seriously. Because his brand I, is is that enormous, and because it it spans so many different things and endorsements outside of soccer. I mean, you know, you saw the ripple effect when the when the Catherine Mayorga accusation came out. He he lost some things. I mean, I think there's I I don't think it's a coincidence that Juventus is an exclusive with Pro Evolution Soccer right now instead of with EA Sports and FIFA. Because EA pulled back on using Ronaldo's image immediately after that accusation was made public. So I, I, I think if Ronaldo puts something on social media, he's doing it in a relatively calculated manner. 
especially with in a post that looks like a straight up photo shoot like that post did. But, and I mean, like you said, I, I think the outcome is going to be that he stays in Turin just because, like I said, there, the options for him not to be are so limited. But who knows, you know, and, and who knows what the, what, the, what the move will be if he does go to PSG, if it's going to be a money move, if, God forbid, these stories about Mauro Riccardi have cropped up again. I, 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 just, I hate it every time he gets connected with Juventus. I'm like, no, no, no. The man's poison. And his wife is poison for a locker room. I, I don't want, you know, you don't want them in your locker room. I think that's one of the reasons that PSG has made him so available. I, you know, I remember reading reports that he had clashed with Edinson Cavani last season or two seasons ago now. Uh, if he was that indispensable, he wouldn't be somebody that PSG was thinking about replacing or, or at least moving on. But until that all shakes down and that probably won't be until a little later in the, you know, a little later in the window, it's it's going to be just a waiting game. But like you said, Jux, I I as much as I would like him moved off and to see that you know us free up some some money to maybe do a few more things in the transfer market with the savings that you get from him, I I don't see him moving just because the opportunity isn't there. I I have a few questions and, and some of them are rhetorical. So but. At what point does it become just a, an annoyance to to have that many supercars? I'm guessing it's. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing it's like seven. That would be my guess. Seven. So you have one for each day. But like besides that, I just like I just don't see the point of of having more than that. So that's number one. Number two, uh, you know, the, he obviously knows that whenever he posts something, it's going to be news. And especially when it's like transfer things and he makes this 15 year old, you know, quote caption, like decision-making, like get the, you know, get the f out of here. Like, you know what you're doing. You want people to talk about you. It's, it's fine. It's cool. It's his brand. I get it. Like, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I don't begrudge him for it, but you know, you can't then just act like, Oh my God. Like, I don't know what people are talking about. Like, of course, you know, like that's, you know, it's good for you that people are talking about you. So I, I do think that that's kind of like a little nudge and, and wink thing and did it on purpose. And, you know, the other thing that, that I have on this, it's, it's a shock to me that clubs are not lining up to pay a 37-year-old striker like 50 million euros a year. That's a real shock to me. And that's, that's a real, you know, punching the guts to all those people that, that were like, no, 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 bring in Ronaldo. Like, it just makes sense, like financial sense, regardless of his playing the pitch. It just makes sense. It doesn't. It does not make sense. The numbers do not add up. And listen, I have been, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've flipped on the Ronaldo signing. I'm, I'm kind of like on the side of, of bringing him in was the right decision to make. Uh, more on that later. I will have a piece on that. that that's called a little bit of a tease. But at this point, like just because of where the club is, of what the COVID thing did to the finances of, of not only Juventus, but of the you know, world at large, you know, just the gamble didn't pay off. It didn't work out. The numbers are not adding up. It doesn't make sense. And now they have this albatross contract that 
no one wants to pick up with good reason. And I just, I think we're going to have to keep them, at least for this year. Um, I, I don't know what they do in the NBA, for example, I think in the NFL and a bunch of, you know, American leagues, they do this kind of like renewals in which they kind of split his paycheck in two and kind of like defer things because they have like salary caps. Obviously, Juventus doesn't necessarily have one, but that's what I, I feel at this point is the most likely thing. Like they're going to renew him for another year and kind of do some math financial mumbo jumbo thing and kind of like split his salary or something, make it less onerous and then try to move him next year. But it's, and they're really painted themselves into a corner right now. And because there's no other club that's going to pay him what he wants to, to make others, uh, they're just kind of stuck right now. And that's honestly a little bit of, of why I, I think this is such a weird season coming up in which, you know, they're going to be pretty much the same team with a different coach, which if you subscribe to the theory that this team on its own is just inherently not all that good, then they're just kind of like stuck in, in second gear. So, so yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's weird. It's a weird, they're, they're put, they put themselves in a weird, weird situation and they don't really have any reasonable recourse to get out of it. Now, that's the biggest domino, obviously. I think the second biggest domino is the Manuel Locatelli signing. That's a segue, you know, because that, that's the other big domino, right? Like, that's every report is that's the, going to be the one big ticket signing. And if that doesn't go through, then what do you do, right? Like, again, they painted themselves into a corner. And I hope that goes through because I think that that signing helps a lot. Like, I think it helps mask a lot of the deficiencies in this club. But if that doesn't go through, where do they go next? So they have kind of like their whole future hinging upon these two moves in a way. And there's a very real scenario in which they, you know, screw both of those scenarios. And next season gets considerably less exciting, you know, from the get-go. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's really been interesting over the last, over the last week or so seeing the details of this contract that is being negotiated between Lionel Messi and Barcelona, in which Lionel Messi, who makes as much, if not a little bit more than Ronaldo, is apparently taking a 50% pay cut in this contract. In the NFL, that's kind of a Tom Brady move, you know, where Tom Brady for years would take far less than the market value for a major, for, you know, for a, a quarterback of his caliber in order to allow the team to spread the money around. And it may, and you know, the idea of a renewal, I, and I, I doubt this because I think that I, I don't know if Ronaldo has that Ronaldo doesn't have that mentality of identifying so closely with the club, the way that Messi does, but, but would, if a renewal were to happen until next year, which is something that has been posited, would that include maybe trying to dial back that salary into something a little bit less onerous 
on the finance on the on the club's finances at least until they can get the heck and until they can either get rid of them or just run the contract down but that's you know that that involves a lot of 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 supposition and and questions and you know the good news on the locatelli part is that it seems very clear that locatelli intends to force sassuolo's hands in this and i think you and i think the, the negotiations will eventually work out for Juve, not to, not to try to like say that it's a stone cold lock because nothing is until there's a press release out. But at the very at the very least, I think that's going to get done. But anything else, you know, very much dependent on what on what happens now. Yeah, I mean, the the good news for Locatelli is that it definitely seems like he only has his eyes on Juventus, whereas you know we hear about the Arsenal bid, we hear about interest from other clubs like Dortmund and, and a few others, but Locatelli really kind of has, it seems like he's had his heart set on Juventus for a while, a lot like Federico Chiesa, who Juventus is trying to reportedly structure the deal after with a two-year loan and then a fixed buy price. But we've mentioned contracts and it's hard not to think about another guy who's working on a contract right now in Balo Dybala because as we heard in the few days after Max Allegri was brought back to the club, getting Paulo Dybala locked up with a contract extension was one of his priorities. And as we heard over the weekend, the very newsworthy podcast this week, I might, I, I just want to say for a quick tangent right there. Coming to uh, you from the situation room. From the situation <laughs> room. <laughs> I will throw it to you in a minute, Wolf Blitzer. So prepare yourself. agent is reportedly making his way to Turin in a matter of days, if not, you know, the next week or two. So that means negotiations are obviously going to start back up after months and months and months of nothing. After we heard that Dybala and his camp had rejected the most recent offer that Juventus made. So as, as much as the Ronaldo saga continues to be, I guess, a question mark, whatever you want to call it, it seems like at the very least there's, some positive happenings when it comes to Dybala and knowing that he is a player that Allegri wants to build around, you might as well keep your number 10 happy then, I guess. Yeah. And I think it was, was it you Chucks or was it you Sergio that said many, many, uh, this, this, this was months ago now talking about how Dybala has never been the, Dybala has never actually been the guy that has been built around since he signed. You know, he had that great first year and then the team dropped all that money on Higuain. You're not, that's, you know, not exactly building around Dybala. And then two years after that, Ronaldo comes in. That's definitely not building around Dybala. And I, I see so much criticism about Dybala recently of this idea that one, that he's fragile now after one, after the first season that he's had that, yeah, the first season of his entire career that he's had any significant injury problems and all of a sudden he's fragile now. Some people. But people talk about Dybala as, you know, he's never proven that he can be the player that can be built around. Well, he's never had that happen to him, so we can't tell one way or the other. And maybe now, you know, he's entering the, the, his real prime up out into his late 20s Maybe it's time to start. And 
I do feel very glad about the fact that 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 this renewal is finally happening. I feel like Dybala has become a really good. He he's he's been a really good soldier for the club. He really cares. You know, every time something comes up where it seems like the club doesn't want him or there's a riff with the club, he'll do something and he'll just start kissing the badge again. Like, you know, he, he when he scored against Napoli this year, he, you know, immediately was just pounding on the, the crest at the on his shirt. Like, he loves this club. And, you know, he has given so much for it. You know, the Lyon game last August, you know, he went out knowing full well that his leg could explode because he uh, off the bench because he wanted to do something to try to get the team through. That's a guy with the mentality that I would want to build around. He has the talent, certainly, to be built around. You know, you supplement him with guys like Chiesa, you know, he and Morata have always had a good relationship on the field. I, I'm glad that this is that this looks like it's happening. It they should never have messed around with it last year. I thought I think a lot of it had I think a lot of what ha- the saga last year might have had to do with the fact that Fabio Paratici was a little bit embarrassed over not being able to offload him. But I I think this is a this is a good direction for the club to to have their number 10 and and really one of the the best servants to the club over the last five six years not including guys like Chiellini who just predate him but you know having having him in the fold for longer and finally renewed I think is the best possible scenario and you know it it all sounds really good and dandy and I I love the plan the the thing is we've been hearing about this renewal for for weeks now for months now and it seems like every every report is always like no he's definitely coming like he's like he's on, on the flight right now like we have his ticket right here dude's coming to negotiate it's happening and then the report it's next week and then next week and the next week it, it just seems like it it, it it goes on and on and it's been going on for a while and it's just one of those things that again all old paths lead back to ronaldo unfortunately and it's you know it's just, you're just not going to be able to to build around him as long as Ronaldo is is in the team is on the team, and that sounds like a complaint. It is, but you know, it's also <laughs> you know again they put themselves into this corner. You know, it, it all it, it sounds like I hate having Ronaldo on the team. I don't hate having him on the team. He's good. He scores a lot of goals. He's a good player. It's good to have him around. But it just seems like they're in this middle ground position where. They're not going to go all in and build around Ronaldo because he's in his late 30s and in the final year of his contract. So it doesn't really make sense to build around him. And they're also not going to let him go. So they're not going to build around anyone else. So they're just stuck in this weird middle ground. And I just, you know, it's, it's insane how badly, you know, both, you know, they're planning their poor results in Europe, in Europe. And and just the the pandemic hit this club. It really put them like all of those factors really put them in a tough, tough, tough bind. And it's just I, I think it's just gonna go on. I just you know lastly I just want to shout out. I, I don't remember who did this. I know this is not my theory. I know it was a commenter on the on the on the site, 
I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was, but it was this, you know, he, he or, or she, I don't know, uh, was positing this theory that the reason they gave Allegri such a, a long contract was that they kind of acknowledged that they were in this weird middle ground position. And it was like, okay, the first year is just ride this out. And then once we kind of like get everything in order and, and we move on from, from Ronaldo and we move on from this and this and that, and we're like in a better financial position, then you get like your actual, you know, your, your actual era can start. I don't remember who, you know, who threw out the, that, that theory out. I thought it was pretty clever. I kind of agree. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, until we know of, of all these things that are up in the air, it just, you know, we don't know anything. You got any conspiracies, Chucks? Uh, well, <laughs> I, um, I make my predictions after events. So, yes, of uh, course. I come up with my conspiracies. You're, stay, you're, stay, you're staying true to that line. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's a great line, really. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, like Sergio said, I mean, these have been arguably the longest contract negotiations that I can remember any player. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, I, we... Yeah. we I was writing about Dybala's agent coming to Turin to finish up ne contract negotiations during the COVID lockdown. So that's over 12 months ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, I mean, ridiculously and just like suspiciously uh, like w drawn out. I mean, I know obviously COVID happened, but I mean, other people have signed contracts <laughs> since COVID, ha COVID happened. So, you know, negotiate over Zoom. Like this thing, it ain't that hard. Like, why do you have to go like, <laughs> My guy's on one of those old-timey boats going from, like, South America to Europe, and the trip takes, like, fucking 10 months. Like, just just do it. Just either do it or don't do it. But the dude's been coming to Turin for, like, months, and it's, like, definitely next week, man. It's definitely next week that he's coming. It's just, it's exhausting. Slowly steaming across the Atlantic. At this point, I don't think steam is involved. There's, like, sails. Maybe he's becalmed. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, or solar powered at this point. Um, no, nah, I mean, yeah, the old Dybala thing. I mean, it's it's like, I mean, come on, guys. Like, Sir Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos have gone to space and come back, and and Dybala has still not finished his contract negotiations yet. So you know, it's uh, yeah, I guess a good thing come come to those who wait. But just a quick comment on the whole, you know, building around uh, Dybala thing. In a way, I think he's been the victim of just the sheer number of man managerial changes in the last uh, four years, I guess. Not. Yeah, four years. Um, you know, with, with Allegri to Sari to Pirlo, back to Allegri. Um, you know, that's that's a recipe for, I mean, instability, frankly. And, you know, any, any type of instability you can never build, uh, well, very difficult to build around um, any player. Uh, at all so and then obviously the Ronaldo move happened in the meantime but I think really just the managerial changes and just the fact that you know these last four years have probably been the most unstable years of Juventus for I mean for a pretty long time I think I mean you know we were yeah I mean things were quite stable just during during the Allegri era and um, yeah, during Conte era as well, I think things are really quite stable. So that's, uh, let me see, three plus five. During yeah, the well. Marotta era is where I think you're coming from with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, your, yeah, that's your line of demarcation there, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, true. 
Um, yeah, and you know, so we have basically eight very stable years. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, we you know won all the Scudetti and you know Coppa Italia, and I mean, okay, we didn't win Champions League, but still, it's just very stable years. And then just last, yeah, three and a half, four years have been the most unstable. And yeah, I mean, uh, ideally, I think if if Dybala had come, I don't know, um, when Allegri was just hired, yeah, maybe then, you know, like that first year that he was just hired, hell, maybe maybe then it would have been built around him. But, you know, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just unfortunate timing in that sense. But I do admire Dybala for staying this long he genuinely genuinely likes the club and you know I think he still definitely has a lot to give so uh, you know I I know I had said when I think about a month or whenever ago about the negotiations that I expected him to leave and I was kind of like oh well whatever but at this point I think yeah definitely you know I've, I've changed my mind and yeah I mean I would like him to stay so uh, you know uh, vamos uh, vamos Paulo. No, so he, he's been really good like that's the thing like I think we, we all kind of agree that the team has never been built around him. And despite that, he's been really good. He's been really, really good for, I'd say, like 90 to like 85 to 90% of the time he's been with the club. So, you know, I, I do think that we haven't really seen, uh, you know, fully what he can do in a system that is, that is built around him. And hopefully this, you know, long negotiation from hell uh, ends up with, with, the team finally doing that and then we can see really the, the very best version of him because I do think that that he still has another level to, to get to. Well, while we're expecting to see Paulo Dybala at, right at the beginning of the season, a player we're going to have to wait a few months to see is fellow South American in Arthur who finally underwent surgery to repair the calcification issue he had between his fibia and tibula. I believe I'm getting that right. I can't remember it's it sounds painful, whatever whatever the hell it's officially called. And obviously, as Sam pointed out, and as I wrote earlier today, uh, it creates a potential opportunity for a Juventus youth product to step up in the midfield. But it also suddenly takes away from the depth Juventus might have if you consider you know, somebody like, say, Aaron Ramsey on his way out if a bid actually arrives for Aaron Ramsey. So... While obviously we can all agree that it's unfortunate that Arthur has to miss such a long period of time, and while it's unfortunate that he, say, may have waited all this time to finally get said surgery, I'm struggling to see where Juventus can really go with their midfield if they don't get Manuel Locatelli because of this injury. And obviously it's not one where he's out for, you know, five, six, seven months and is going to miss you know, half or most of the season, he's going to be back in say October or early November, but it just, it sucks that it had to happen on the second day of training. And after he underwent his medicals and COVID testing and all of that. I wonder what the heck took him this long. I mean, well, that's the, it, that's the million dollar question. Why did, the, yeah. why didn't he get it at the, at the end of, at the, right at the end, end of, of the season, season right at the, at, that gets it right at the end of the season yeah. and he's back in time and he's back back in action before training end, but before training camp ends like, and you know, did it, it's, it's like a, we've been making references to North American sports today on the pod. So I'll do it. I'll do it again. It's like a, a pitcher in baseball, you know, trying to rehab his elbow, but he's going to need Tommy John surgery anyway. And I, I don't understand what 
you know, if th that's something that lingers from from February all the way through to May, what in somebody's mind said, if we keep rehabbing it, it might still work. Like you, you if you're dealing with this for four months during the season, get it done then. Like, yeah, sorry. But to your point, if, if something goes wrong with the Locatelli negotiations and that just, and, and he, and, and he doesn't end up in Turin, your answer, I think probably might end up having to be Fajoli. Uh, I think we said that a couple of, a, a, a few episodes ago, there was a, a Twitter question saying what happens if, if we don't get Locatelli. And I, uh, and I said, Fajoli might be, might have to be it. You know, now I, I am cautiously optimistic that Locatelli will get done, but at the same time, yeah, it, if you don't get Locatelli and there's no other real player that can, that can fill that role until the middle of the seat, until the middle of the first half of the season, until October, November, when, when this long delayed recovery will, will finally be complete, then I don't see options other than Fagioli, unless Allegri has another key to the Bentancourt as regista lock that Maurizio Sarri seemed to have. But I doubt that. I think, you know, Allegri never deployed him that way. Allegri always deployed, deployed him as a Metzala. I think that's his, that's his role under Allegri now. Or, I mean... You know, Allegri's the guy that put Padoin is the Regista for two games one year. He'll be he'll he might be on the bench. So hey. We also saw Danilo as a midfield last year. So. We did we did. And Danilo Danilo seems to have if you go by the J store, Danilo has changed his number to right. five he this has. year, which is a midfielder's number. No six. Artur or six, five. rather. Yeah, Artur is five, right? He's changed it to six. That's a midfielder's number. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's where it's going. I really, because other, because then who plays behind Juan at right back? I mean, unless Dechilio <laughs> is your backup there, but like, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's going to be a full time thing. Also, shout out to Lord Padawin. Please come back. Please come home. Please join the staff. Let, let's bring our agent of chaos in, Sergio. Danilo possibly as a midfielder for more than a couple games. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, at this point, like, <laughs> if, if you don't, like, if you don't bring in Locatelli, you don't have that many options. He was halfway decent. Sure. I mean, the, at this point, if, if you don't, if you can't get Locatelli, you, you, you have what you have. And it definitely is going to be Fagioli. It definitely, like, it might be. Rovera in some sort of pinch hitting situation where they bring him back is like we don't have anyone else. Who the hell knows? All, all I know is that another rhetoric question: How much is Arthur supposed to be worth technically? Like eighty million euros or something? Like talk about a loose loose deal that one with Miralem Pjanic. Like it was just catastrophe for everyone involved. Like that was just such a horrible deal. He's just been such a disappointment. I mean, 
and look, I, I know the move was done mostly, for, you know, due to financial, uh, I mean, it is financial doping at the end of the day, but, you know, man, you would expect that he's at least, you know, somewhat halfway usable and he's just been either hurt or, or bad and, or hurt, or, or hurt and bad. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, just terrible deal, terrible, terrible deal. But, you know, it is what it is. I hope that, you know, he gets the surgery that he needs, that, that he comes back healthy and, you know, he, he can at least be passable. He can at least be good so they can flip him in, I don't know, five years when his book value is anywhere remotely like what his actual level of play is. But, you know, yeah, at this point, he he's in that same area as Rodrigo Bentancur where it doesn't kind of it doesn't matter how good or bad he plays. Just because of the financials, they have to keep him. And that's just not really a place you want to be as a club, I guess. But it is what it is. The, the real wild card is if Barcelona actually does buy out the rest of Miralem Pjanic's contract and he comes back to Juventus, and now we have both. So that's going to be you know interesting to see. But you know, other than that, I guess that would be your other wild card your other wild card option, but other than that, yeah, sure. Danilo. Danilo or, or Fagioli, why not? Go ahead, Chucks. I know you want to say something. <laughs> no, no, I think I mean I think you are spot on. I actually don't have anything for once I actually don't have anything of of, of I don't know, great brilliance or substance or anything <laughs> to add. No, I mean, the injury is just unfortunate. And I, I think from what I read in the comments that to, to the post he wrote, Danny, was that they were waiting for some medical reasons they were waiting, which I know I'm not a medical expert, so that's outside of my expertise. But there were some medical reasons that they were waiting for it. And, well, the wait ended. And now he has surgery, so... Wishing him a speedy recovery. I mean, I still believe in him. I think he still has something to offer the club. More than Piani just offered Barcelona. So so I think we marginally won out on that one. Tiny circles, Chucks. Tiny circles. <laughs> I mean, Piani has generally been a disaster at, at Barcelona. So I mean, at least, I think at least, uh, you know, to your point, Sergio, I think we slightly won out on that one. Excellent. Well, if Chucks doesn't have anything else to say, we will <laughs> we will wrap things up there as he nods his head. You are permitted. It's an audio medium, buddy. Uh, <laughs> as always, when we do have Twitter questions, you can send us to them at Juventus Nation. I'll make sure to remind the guy who usually sends out the tweet asking for Twitter questions to uh, send something out before we record our next episode. So we'll we'll cover our bases there. As always, you can also follow us on Facebook at Black and White and Red All Over. Same search phrase, Black and White, Red All Over, for your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you are a listener on Apple Podcasts, feel free to rate us, leave us a review, all that good stuff. We will appreciate it as always. So, for Sam Opresti, Chucks, and for Sergio Romero, our resident agent of chaos, this is Danny saying... Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week.